Sure. I'm uh, Jay Horton. I make movies that make money. Not just kidding. That's what I always say <laughs> on my YouTube channel. Um, I'm Jay Horton, uh, Jason, but I go professionally by Jay. Uh, I'm a filmmaker. I've, uh, I've directed about 25, something like that, feature films. I've uh, produced around 70. I've edited a bunch. Um, I, I've been doing it for about 20 years. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And I... Uh, know you from your YouTube channel. Uh, oh, okay. definitely. Yeah, I started watching maybe a little over a year ago. I started working on a on a TV show project. Uh, you know, just a bunch of us comics putting it together. And I started doing some deep dive research and came across your channel. And it was like extremely helpful for someone that's like, I have video background, but like, not like I haven't done a whole bunch of feature films or anything like that or mm. self-produced a bunch so it was it was great info for someone like me that's just kind of easing into that side of things so oh yeah yeah i mean i i started it because you know there there wasn't a lot when i was coming up anyway there wasn't a lot of uh people in the independent space and people talk a lot about independent movies but i mean truly independent movies you know like yeah. low budget you know less than a hundred thousand like nobody was talking about that kind of business you know so i was like i, I you know i think like there's the, there's an opportunity there and i have a lot of experience in budgets like that so like hopefully my experience can help you know some others yeah yeah and that's why i was like it would be perfect to have you on the podcast because like a lot of my podcast i mean the way it started was i was just interviewing comedians that were doing something different or interesting or like you know and it's very much like how would you put together that tour or how would you release your own special or how would you you know so it's very much like bootstrap comedy and mm -hmm. and then to find your channel and like find it of like the same niche but with filmmaking i was like this is perfect you know so, right totally yeah. yeah and then now i uh our project is actually going through film hub so we we <laughs> filmed it last year a tv show and then we now got on film hub and now i'm like watching your videos and kind of like knowing the process of like when you talk about things i'm like ah yeah i'm at that stage right now <laughs> Right. Wait, basically waiting to go live and, you know, like different delivery, how long does it take to go live? And, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's yeah. basically a big waiting game these days. Yeah. 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 And then like uh, between your channel and then all the other stuff that I watch and, and, and seeing like exactly like when I was like deep diving into uh, all of it and then watching people being like, I couldn't make a film for less than five million. And I was like, all right, this isn't, <laughs> this isn't the cool. advice I need. <laughs> <laughs> no, totally, totally. Um, I actually I have a quick question for you. Um, have you found any other like channels or resources that are talking about Film Hub that are helpful besides my channel? Yeah, I found a few, I would say videos. Um, and it's probably stuff that you may have stumbled on, but mm. like it's just like people that maybe done like one-off videos and then ah. explaining how they got on to Tubi or whatever. And it's you know, it's it, it, it's things that you may have covered, but their own personal experience, but totally, they don't continue totally. down that mm. line. And like you and like, what I really like is you're talking about the marketing side and how you promote on with Facebook ads and, you know, just like the more like after, after it's out, <laughs> like, what yeah, do you yeah. do? Yeah. 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 Well, you know, there's, you know, there's thousands and thousands of, you know, really good 
established channels that are talking about filmmaking. You know, they're talking mm-hmm. about cinematography and they're talking about cameras and they're talking about editing. I mean, I, I watch, I follow uh, this guy edits on YouTube and it's like, it's great, like editing tutorials. And, but like, I didn't see a ton of people doing the business side, at least not the lower end of the business side. So I was like, ah, oh, there's, there's something there, you know? Yeah. I mean, definitely. I mean, it's, it's like, there's so many gaps in that conversation because it's like you know like i'm I, i'm a decent editor so it's like all right and i like i you know i definitely honed my craft more as i was like editing the tv show and stuff and then you know yeah you watch videos on that but like it's like yeah what do you do when it's coming out or like how do you how do you release it or how do you mm-hmm. you know or you know i all your videos on using film hub you know and now yeah. i'm using film hub versus yeah, yeah years ago it's like i knew about a few different ways to distribute if i made like a comedy special but not as like seamless as like film hub or like yeah, yeah. You know, or like well, working the, someone like indie rights or something like that yeah i mean the really cool thing about film hub or you know distributors like indie rights is you know 10 15 years ago like the the, the gatekeeping to get films and projects into the market was it was real you know yeah. and 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 difficult you know and, and you know now you know you know regardless of what level you're at you know you can get movies on major platforms you know you can earn money off of them as long you're not automatically going to earn money off of them <laughs> but you know as long as you know it's a good project and you know how to market you know you can you at least have the ability to get the stuff into the market now much yeah. easier than you could you know when i was starting yeah yeah and it's sa- same with like comedy where it's like it used to be the only route in stand-up was you might probably most likely you would like do your stuff at the comedy clubs and then maybe you would start like headlining the comedy clubs after years and then maybe someone would see you and be like we'll front the money to you know like comedy central would front the money to bring in all these free ticket people to come watch you do your 45 minutes. And like, that was, that was really like the only route to getting like video content, which is so needed uh, for comics. Cause like when you tour, if you don't have video content, that's like good quality. It's, it's hard to tour because people don't want to buy tickets mm-hmm. off of just pictures of like you on stage, you know? Right. right. Yeah. So it, it's definitely, it, it's been interesting to see that like open up and like, I am curious of like more comics that might film their own specials and release them. Cause like in the last five years, it's been, or I would say maybe two years, a lot of comics have been doing where they release it to YouTube, mm-hmm. but um, you know, and then like some of them very successful with that, getting millions of views. Sure. Um, but at the same time, there's, I'm, I'm wondering like, like, like how you've been releasing your films and then getting them on these uh, YouTube channels that are kind of aimed towards movies. And I wonder right. if there's going to be a connection between stand-up specials on those channels, you know, anytime in the near future. I would imagine so if there's not already. I mean, you know, those channels, they call them uh, uh, MCNs, multi-channel networks. Mm. And, you know, basically it's just a regular YouTube channel that just has so much content and then they bust it into categories, you know, like they'll have, you know, some of them are focused just on horror and they'll have horror subgenres, but there are others that like they have everything. It's like a, it's like a single YouTube channel that's almost like its own little 
like ecosystem like Netflix or something and they have everything in there and uh but and I you know I haven't I haven't you know searched through a ton but I I've seen all kinds of different categories you know they'll have documentaries they'll have subcategories of documentaries I would assume if that there has to be some that are already doing like stand up stuff yeah yeah you're probably right like I it's not yeah. something I've deep dived into a lot because like I just recently found out they existed because it's not something that I'm naturally watching a lot of movies on youtube but like you know you find these channels and you see the views that they get and you're like oh man there's clearly a major audience for this yeah totally i mean you know a couple of my movies that had pretty much like run their lifespan you know like they were making you know five ten bucks a month kind of thing Mm -hmm. and uh a couple of those uh one of them was picked up by indie rights uh, a couple of years back and you know it was never a big earner on amazon or tubi or any of that but uh they started making deals with these mcns uh, a couple of years ago but like this last year like one of those that i basically never saw any money on ever is starting to make money through the mcns you know and like when i look at the report from them you know it'll be like you know tubi you know two dollars 30 cents you know amazon a dollar you know uh pluto like 50 cents and, and then there'll be the mcn on the way at the end and it'll be like 500 dollars. you know which isn't huge money but it's you know it's yeah. a huge gap between one dollar and 500 yeah yeah that's yeah. major and like yeah, yeah how how old is like that that project um, that particular project is not that old. Uh, three years maybe. And, and it was, I'll just I'll say what it was. It was a uh, it was a, a documentary on uh, mixed uh, fighting, different fighting styles, and why people fight prof- professionally. And uh, I I fuck. I think it's good. I think it's one of the better, maybe the best one that we've made. And <laughs> it's just like just like it just. <laughs> you know, right. hit like a hit like a lead balloon. Like never, nobody ever watched it, and uh, mm. but it's getting starting to get some traction through the YouTube. You know, yeah, yeah. Because like when we, so when we came up with our idea for our TV show, it was just a bunch of comics, and then it's us doing it's the comics doing fifteen minute sets, and so mm. two comics each episode, thirty minutes. You know, yada yeah. yada. And so we filmed all that, and it was like originally like, wouldn't it be nice to have good content? Wouldn't it be nice to have like maybe some TV credits from it? And then like hearing stories like that, I was like, oh man, I even think about three years from now, four years from now, that that could be even generating money. Cause you're right. Like I, you know, in our mind, it's like just having the footage is great. Just having it out there is great. But you know, you, you, we move through content so quickly. We don't think about the longevity so much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, and, and we really should like, I, like, I think regardless of, you know, what, you know, part of the entertainment industry you're in, like start amassing. And, you know, I hate, I hate to use the word content, you know, because it's like art, but it's just, it's just the easiest word. So we'll just say yeah. content, but, you know, to start amassing your own content, you know, cause like you, these days, this is, and this is, you know, my like hot take on independent film, you know, very few of us are going to make our bones on a single project. Right. Very few very few are going to make that one project that's going to set them up for a couple of years financially, or, you know, like yeah. take their career off it, you know, it's it really, especially on the lower levels, it's a matter of, you know, multiple projects and, you know, amassing those projects and seeing money from those over time, you know, 
I mentioned that I have like, you know, 70 films that I've produced, you know, and like, you know, and there's a lot of, there's a good chunk of that. That's hardly making anything, you know, like, mm. you know, over, over the years they fell off. We're talking, you know, maybe 10, 15 bucks a month, you know, maybe less. And, uh, but, you know, you, you add up, you know, 20 titles, you know, at, you know, 10 bucks a month, that's 200 there. And then, you know, you might have a newer one that's doing three or 4,000, you know, or more 15, 16,000. Then you'll have a bunch that are in the like, you know, hundred to $300 range, but you know, I have 70 projects. So, you know, like you multiply that and all of a sudden, like the last couple of years, once, once this clicked for me yeah. and I started like, you know, retaining ownership of my, of the stuff I was making, you know? Yeah. So, you know, now I said, you know, I produce 70, but I, I only own probably around 40, something like that. That's still a big you chunk. Yeah. It's, it's still, it's still a big chunk. But what I'm saying though, is you just, all of a sudden that, you know, it's allowed me to passively make a living, you know, mm -hmm. like I could, like I could stop working for two years and like it, it would go down, but right. like I would still be able to live. Like if something happened, if I had, you know, if I got sick or I was injured and, you know, I couldn't do any, any work for six months or a year or two years, I would be okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's so, like a, such a different story for people in film, you know, because so many, people in film it's project to project and yep. you know it is like chasing the dollar almost not not like paycheck to paycheck but it, it very much can feel that way because it's it like, can be it can and, be like a project and you make this much and then you, you don't know when your next one's coming in you know totally and if you're somebody that you know like you're a cinematographer and that's what you do that's your job you go from job to job you know just it's you know it's a regular job but if you are a you know producer director you're you're making your things you're owning your things you're making uh you know revenue off the exhibition of those things that's a completely different story you know yeah. and and if and if you're doing that it's very, very difficult to make a real living as a hired gun independent director going project to project to project. Even a right. lot of famous ones that you know, they have side jobs, they have side hustles. You know, yeah. there's a there's a filmmaker, I, I guess I probably won't name him, but um, he started out in micro budget stuff. He's making like 20, 30, 40 million dollar movies right now, and he runs a, a trailer company like with his wife and that that's where a lot of his living comes from even though he's making these big ass movies you know yeah so you know they they all i mean ridley scott's you know commercial company probably sees more money than his films you know mm. but anyway that you know if you're making a living solely off the exhibition of your films or if that's your goal you have to retain ownership because like, you know, for many years I was a hired gun director. So, and, and on lower budget stuff, but I was being paid a decent amount, you know, much more money up front than anything I do now, you right. know, like, but you know, I, I probably directed uh, like a, around a dozen projects for other people. And, you know, I, and spent whatever, three or four years of my life and, you know, four or five years later, like that money is gone. Yeah. You know, there, I get, I see nothing from those. I get no residuals or, you know, very, very tiny, tiny amount, you right. know? So uh, like it, it was the way I look at it anyway. And it is just my opinion, but I almost feel like at least financially that was wasted time, you know, like that was a temp band aid on, you know, what I was, where I was trying to get to, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. And it it is a such a different, it is a mindset that you have to decide on that because you're right. Like comics are the same way of comic. Like you could know there's big headliners that are still doing like Uber eats or something like that, because it's like, they don't have gigs every night and they don't have, and like, once that gigs over, that's the money for the weekend and that's it. And so it's like, they don't really have the return but there was like a comedian, uh, Jackie Cation. She was on a podcast and she was talking about how years ago she decided to take all of her albums and get them on like Sirius Radio and mm. Spotify and Pandora. And like all that adds up yeah, to enough where like that covers her bills. And now she can start thinking about like, do I really want this gig? Do I really want to do that? You know, you can kind of start. Yeah moving through things differently when you're not worried about your monthly bills and just hearing that like changed my brain. Cause I was just like, man, I, I've been in this long enough that I need to have something that's kind of helping me carry through the month to month, you know? Yeah, no, I, you know, I, I started to the, like this kind of newer model, like fairly recently, you know, it's only been maybe four, maybe five years since I really started being like, no, I don't want to, I'm not going to do that anymore. I want to own what I'm doing. You know, it's, and you know, now, I mean, I just, I turned a project down just last week that would have been a nice little chunk of money, but it would have took six months of my life at least. And I would not own it when it was done. And it wasn't enough of a chunk of change that it would make, the, you know, the worth the projects that I could do on my own in the interim there and own them, you know, like yeah. I, I, I make relatively less money with, you know, on these projects that I own than, you know, when I was doing better as a freelancer, you know, mm. like there, there were years like where, like, you know, I edited for Fox for a couple of years and, you know, I was making really good money, you know, but, it, you know, I, th- I think, how long was I with them? Like a year maybe. And it was like a year where, you know, I was, that was my day job and it was, you know, 12 hours a day and, and a hour commute back and forth. And I didn't make anything during that time. Right. You know? So, but, you know, so some people, if you really love the task, like if you really love editing, and you want to, you know, just be an editor, there's totally nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And, and, you know, like, go for it, go do it, let that be your career. I I am a little bit more, I don't like working for people. I never did. Um, You know, I have a pro, I have problems with authority and, you know, people over me. I, you know, you could call that a weakness or a strength. I don't know. But I, uh, I, I just, I literally am not a good employee and I, you know, I never have been. You know, like I'm a good editor, but I I was not good. I was not a good fit at Fox. You know, <laughs> I was not, you know, or, you know, you know, in any other jobs that I've been hired, usually hired for, except for directing. But then I was like, yeah, OK, I did this thing and, the, and it's out and then it's gone. It's ephemeral, mm-hmm. you know, I, yeah. I, I want to own it. I mean, I, you know, my my second movie that I directed in 2008, like. I still see money from that, you know, every month, you know, at, at least $200 a month, the last like six years, you know? And again, it's, a, it is a little tiny $20,000 movie. It long since ran its, you know, its major, you know, release pattern, but you know, about five years ago, I think I, I got the rights back and put it up on film hub, you know, and <laughs> I, you know, I've seen money from that movie ever since, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's just, that's wild to think about that you could be 
something you do today could be paying you 10 years from now. <laughs> you know? Totally. You know, and, and even on a smaller level, like with the YouTube channel, you know, I, my channel has been monetized now for two years. Right. Okay. And I, I still have content that's, you know, from that first year, from those first couple of months that I still see 20, 30 bucks for a month, you know, certain videos, you know, uh, more than some of my new stuff, <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah. And, and that's just another, like, you know, I, you know, I talk a lot, like I'm, you know, selfless. I'm, you know, I'm doing my YouTube channel to educate people, but you know, I do, it is monetized. I do make some money from it. Not enough that it's really worth it, but it eventually right. like, and it does like it grows every you know every month every year a little bit more so yeah yeah i mean i've i've seen the growth just in the time that i've watched you know and you know i started watching like a little over a year ago and and i mm. can i can see it happening and uh i you know that's i i think that's that's great because like it is helpful for all of us you know and there is like you found like a good niche on youtube and it's like yeah the you should be being paid to make some content over you know make it worth yeah. it for you to stick around because like people like me appreciate it so like, you know yeah. we want you to keep making videos <laughs> yeah yeah no and and i you know like i enjoy doing it i, I get burned out from time to time on it like yeah. i was doing a lot of videos like a year and a half ago you know i was i was shooting like i think three new videos a, a, a week <laughs> i would do like two uh like you know straight into camera with me and then i would do an interview and I, oh man <laughs> like you know i i started uh about a year ago i started batch shooting them like i you know i just i would write because I, I write my things out so i'd write like 10 12 episodes and mm. i would perform them all into camera i would edit them over the course of a couple of days and then i would schedule them out and then i wouldn't touch youtube again for two or three months you know <laughs> um, that, which is, i'm yeah. jealous of that i wish i could yeah. get like on a on a related note like i have a tiktok uh mm. channel that's that does really well but it's not my normal niche it's something i started doing as a hobby um during the pandemic and it really took off and That's what cool. it is is like me repairing retro video game consoles huh. and it's just like 30 to 60 second videos of like repairs and it's just like a nice hobby to have when i couldn't do stand-up that much and uh -huh. it really grew and then it got to a point where i was like doing like you know, videos sometimes daily or sometimes, you know, a few times a week. And like right now I'm in that phase of like, I haven't really done it in a month or so because I'm just burned out from like, con yeah. like it's just like this never ending, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, but I want to, I mean, I'm working on getting to where, where you just talked about of like doing like five videos in a week and just scheduling them out and not totally. thinking about it. Well, and what, uh, what I started with the YouTube channel, what I've been, and I've really just started doing this over the last probably six months or so, like, cause I, it just hit me one day. Cause I, you know, I talk about all this, you know, like content creation and owning content. And, you know, I was looking at my channel and going over and I was like, you know, I have 350 videos, you know, like some 10 minutes long, some five, some 20, some 30. I was like, and I have not repurposed those anywhere. Like, mm. and I, like, I have all these things. So like I, I had been trying thinking about like starting doing something with TikTok, and i was like what if i took these made vertical versions and did little like snippets of these for there so i started doing that and then i started you know like 
cutting the heads and tails off, you know, with the YouTube stuff and putting them on a Facebook channel. Cause you know, now face, you can monetize Facebook now, you know, yeah. I haven't got there yet, but that is, that's, that's what I'm trying to do. And I just, I put up, you know, my older stuff there, you know, and, and then I have my longer form stuff. I'll, you know, I'll clean up the audio and I'll put it on my podcast channel. You know, so like I, for me, it's always like as as far as the YouTube thing goes anyway, it's like like how many different places can I make some use out of this video? Like when I do interviews now, I, I took a page out of Film Courage's book because, you know, they they yeah. book filmmakers and they interview them for like three and a half, four hours. And oh, then wow. they take they take that and they busted it down into like, you know, 10 or 20, like five, 10, 15 minute videos. And then at the very end, they'll put, after they put all the segments up, they'll put the entire interview and maybe that's just for their channel members or whatever. And I was like, shit, I've been shooting these interviews. And, you know, when you start looking at retention yeah. on your interviews, you know, it's an hour interview and your average retention's like, you know, 25 minutes, 30 minutes or something. So, you know, you have all these segments that are just not getting watched, you know, yeah. so I was like, holy shit. So I actually started, I downloaded all my old ones. I spent a couple of weeks breaking them up into like short segments, give them a little title. And, you know, I mean, if like, again, like if I got sick or something right now, I'd have enough content to put new stuff on my YouTube channel for about a year, you know, just based <laughs> yeah. on the old stuff. Yeah. 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 You know, I think that's such a good idea of like cutting it down and like definitely like I've, I have a few friends that uh, made YouTube and now they're working on TikTok and they've like yeah, asked yeah. advice on it and stuff like that. And I like some, they're doing some killer stuff of like, cause you can get sometimes a perfect 15, 20 second out of that whole hour. Oh, um, totally. Yeah, do yeah. you ever look at like, uh, like answer the public or like Google trends or anything like do you ever, when you're editing those up, like search what people are asking about filmmaking and then making the titles that? Or No, but that's a, actually, that's a really good idea. And I'll probably will do that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, no. I mean, honestly, uh, God, that's a good idea too. Um, like at, when I first started the YouTube channel and I was struggling with titles and stuff, you know, I was watching all the YouTube, you know, right masters you know talking about this or that and i i was primarily just looking on youtube like i would like i would type in a couple of keywords from that video see what popped up see what some so the more popular like titles are doing and i wouldn't like you know steal their title but right. i'd be like some variation on that so i was doing a lot of that and then now these days though i like I've, i kind of know when i publish something i'm like like this is people are going to click this this is a good title and and for me like one reason that I didn't get too deep into it is like, I really want to make sure the video backs up whatever I'm yeah. saying. Yes. Yeah. But, um, so I've gotten a little bit better at over time. Now I kind of do them off the top of my head, but I, I probably should. I mean, honestly, cause I have so much on my plate. Yeah. Like I, like, I feel like, you know, you know, like the, I feel like the YouTube thing, if I really concentrated on that for a year, I think I could build that into its own, you know, you could, like for sure. I could, I could make my living off of this, you know, right. not just the movies, but doing them, doing it all. It just like, I don't quite have the bandwidth to, you know, like really dig into YouTube and I not making enough to really hire out for it. So <laughs> it's, you know what I mean? It's a, it's yeah. a weird 
it's yeah. a weird space. And every now and then I'll, I'll feel kind of bad about it. And I'll be like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to take a month and I'm just not going to do anything. And I'm just going to concentrate on the YouTube channel. But then, you know, you do that, but then you have to maintain it. You know, it's like, you can't, you can't just like, you know, do a concentrated month. You have to, you have to maintain it. You know, yeah, so. I'm literally in the same process with like the TikTok thing and then like doing stand up and stuff. Cause like, you know, it's like I, stand up's my job, you know? So it's like, you know, yeah. I gotta like keep doing that. But then I, I same. Oh, I'm like, if I sat down and I just really focused on this TikTok thing, it could, it, I could really grow it because I've given it such little attention and yeah. it's grown naturally so well. So I'm like, okay. So if I gave it full attention, so I, I totally understand what you mean of that, of like, that it, it's, it could be its own thing, but again, it's like, is that what you want to do or not want to do? Yeah. And, and not and honestly, I never even considered, you know, the financial, you know, benefits of the YouTube thing really until the last year has I've, has it's grown a little bit and I actually am starting to see some money from it. Right. So I'm like, then all of a sudden you're like, oh, wait a minute. Cause you know, like I, I put in X amount of effort to do these 10 videos and I made X amount of money and I put in that same effort or more, you know, on some movie stuff that didn't do that well, you know, yeah, it, it's, right. it's really weird. Like I, I found the YouTube to be, it's been more consistent for me and it's, you know, like it's a straight gradual like increase. I've never had like, you know, a video go viral or anything like that. It's just a slow, slow, steady increase, you know, but like with movies, it's like, you'll have one, it'll come out, man. It'll make, you know, 20 grand in a month. And you're like, Oh my God, this is so awesome. <laughs> and then, you know, like a month or two later, it's totally fell off. And then your next movie comes out and it makes 50 bucks, you know? <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you know, it's really like up and down and up and down. Yeah. Do you think your YouTube presence uh, helped you with your uh, like fundraising for craving? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I think it was, uh, I mean, I don't think, yeah, I don't think the crowdfunding would have been successful on the level it, that it was without it. And I'm not saying like, you know, we had 500 backers. And if I look through the backers, I, I would imagine probably like less than 10%, you know, came from YouTube. But it was through the process of of doing it. You know, and and learning how to present better on camera and learning how to interact with people more. And like basically, you know, like I've built this reputation and persona that's all about helping other people. Yeah. And so there's a lot of people that were like, this guy has done like there's a lot of people that don't give two shits about the movie, <laughs> but they're like, oh, my gosh, you know, like he helped me when I was trying to get my film on film love. I'm going to put 10 bucks into this. And there was a lot of those, you know. Yeah. And there was, uh, you know, a couple of our big, our big ticket items, you know, came from people that I met on YouTube. So, but yeah, I think it was absolutely an instrumental and, and like the biggest component to crowdfunding success, in my opinion, you know, it, it's, it's the mindset of the, the person doing it and my like be of service mindset really came out of YouTube, like mm -hmm. YouTube, YouTube, like I, it's still like a, you know, a fraction of my overall revenue, but as far as just how it changed my life and the way I look at things and the way I approach all my other yeah. business things is totally different now. Cause you know, like you watch all these YouTube, you know, gurus, you know, and they, they talk about, you know, like you're, you're giving the audience something that they want and or need 
you know, mm. and, and you're being of, of service, you know, you're, you know, it's not just about you, it's about giving someone what they need. And if you start kind of, you know, retraining your mindset on your art, you know, and start thinking less about this is just me expressing myself, you know, that can still be a component of it. And I'm not saying it shouldn't be, you should, you know, yeah, you absolutely express yourself, you know, do your art for you. But when you start like, you know, that extra level where you're thinking yeah. about how it's going to be received and how is that going to be helpful or how is that going to be entertaining? How is somebody going to, you know, YouTube people talk all the time about retention, you know, like how, where, where are people clicking off? And once you start thinking that way about your movies, like where, like you can almost feel it. You're, you're yeah. watching the movie yeah. and you're like, oh, right here is where they're like on Netflix, where I would change it, you know, and it just it it everything for me got better when I started when I started doing YouTube. You know, yeah. I just thought of things so much different. Yeah, that's that's so interesting. Yeah, I I see the same thing with like stand up has improved my life because like, you know, you're constantly storytelling and you know when an audience is in and when they're not in. And so it's like, yeah, like. I feel like that made me a better video editor because it's like, I can, I know how to like, all right, this is drinking on too much or this needs to be tighter here or something. And, uh, but yeah, it's, it, it is interesting that like, I, I felt the same way doing the podcast uh, over the years of doing the podcast that I, you know, the things that I've learned or like meeting people, like interviewing you right now and like we're chatting and like, you know, I'm going to get some good ideas from you. That's going to apply to something that I do down the line. And, you know, just like meeting people and talking to people about subjects. And it's like, it helps me be a better uh, comedian or, you know, creator in general. So totally. Yeah. yeah. And so craving uh, we, you guys like did over like 60,000 or something. Yeah, we raised uh, on the main campaign, we raised 64, 65. And then we did a uh, we did a post-production campaign for it. And I think we raised another six. So around around 70 through crowdfunding. And then and then we raised a little bit more outside of it, um, about another like close to 30. So it's it's the final budget's right around between 90 and 100,000. Wow, that's like. That's so impressive because like crowdfunding is it's incredibly hard in general. And then to like not only because that's like more than your goal was, correct? Like that's like. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it, I mean, it was it was calculated. So I always <laughs> so I always knew I needed at least sixty thousand dollars to make the movie. I knew that I could raise about 30 outside of it if I had to. So mm -hmm. I was like, if I can raise twenty five thousand in crowdfunding, I can make the movie. So I set that as my initial goal. But my I always wanted to raise at least 50 through the crowdfunder. Like that was always what like I have a crowdfunding consultant for it. And he told me he was like set the goal as low as possible if you want 50 try to set it for 25 interesting you know now, now where that can get dangerous is if you can't actually make the thing for the 25 like in my case i knew that i could get outside funding if i didn't so i right. you know i pulled that trigger and i said yeah we need twenty five thousand. but in the back of my head i'm always like we gotta get 50 we gotta get 50 <laughs> and it, you know and if you watch you know bigger campaigns like uh you know, like the, I just interviewed the Mahal brothers, you know, the Mahal empire, they've raised like three or 4 million, like collectively <laughs> on their titles. 
And, you know, their, their uh, initial goals, like the, their last movie, their initial goal was a hundred thousand. And, you know, I think it ended up somewhere around 300,000, like in the <laughs> wow. raising. And, I, and I'd be willing to bet good money that their actual real goal was somewhere, you know, between two and 300,000, but, you know, mm. they said a hundred, you know, because people like psychologically, they want to be involved with something that looks like it's going to succeed. You know, and the sooner <laughs> yeah. it looks like it's going to succeed, the more people will get into it. It's it's a really weird thing. Like, you know, our first day was probably our overall biggest day. But, mm-hmm. you know, we had a little bit of a lull like in the first week. But when it when it when we hit that first goal, I think it was uh, I think we hit the 25 in like three days. So and, you know, after we hit that first goal, then it was like it was really easy to bring in more people or to get people that had already donated to upgrade. You yeah. Know? So, you oh, know, yeah. I, I didn't think about that. Yeah. Did that's you, that's. I, Oh, Did you like day three just like feel relieved <laughs> like when you hit that, that goal? I mean not really because I like I said my in my head even though the goal says twenty five thousand dollars my goal was always fifty you know right. so I was like until it hit there I was not <laughs> and, and and honestly I, you know I'm an anxious individual just by nature so I was not relaxed all the way yeah. through that. I'm oh shit, you know, it's been a year since the campaign almost now and I'm still not relaxed. So, you know, I, I still got to I still got to deliver all the perks, you know. So, yeah. But yeah, yeah it's, no, but but you know, it, it it definitely I mean, man, the the first 3 days of that campaign were one of the craziest things I've ever experienced because it was pretty much like 24/7 for 72 hours. Like I hardly slept, like I was waking up, you know, in the middle of the night and sh- and I had a team that was doing stuff too. But, you know, I like, you know, we cuz you know, one of the big things with a crowdfunder is, you know, communication and responding to people and thinking every single person that donates, yeah. you know, and so, you know, like day 1 we had over 100 contributors you know so you like you're constantly like i have three tabs open on my computer it's like the indiegogo page my email uh facebook and twitter and i'm going back you know between dms uh between emails between uh indiegogo information it's like bam 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 because every time somebody does you want to thank them and then you want if if they want to be shouted out you want to shout them out and you know it's like constant you yeah. know or, or or talking to people that you know will message you on social media or whatever and say hey i saw your campaign hey if i do uh, if i got this perk could i do this mm, or you know like yeah. dealing with stuff customer like that and, yeah, yeah customer, it's cut it's a hundred percent and you have to be like johnny on the spot man um my uh, crowdfunding consultant was telling me a story um one of his first campaigns um he had someone come in and they got one of his like big ticket items it was like a thousand dollar thing so they got it and they purchased it and they purchased it at like i want to say 8 p.m like say on a like on a friday And, you know, and so like he was, or I'm sorry, it was like 10 PM. So he was like, he had like just went to bed and they purchased the thing. And then the next morning, I want to say it was like eight or nine when he actually got up and started like checking stuff. That person had sent him a message in the morning. It was like, I mean, I just gave you a thousand dollars. You couldn't thank me. (laughs) Refund. (laughs) Oh no. Now, now, granted that that dude was probably going to do that anyway, but it just using it as an excuse, like he made yeah. the purchase. But, but still, it just goes to show you, man, you got to be like right on it. That's true. Know? Yeah, I mean, I yeah. I believe it. I believe it because we are in a society that we think everything's instant, mm-hmm. and you know, we see big projects and we think 
clearly there's a team of 30 people and they don't realize it's you with three tabs open. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, Yeah, no, it was, I was like strung out, man. Those first three days, like it it felt like, like college, like drug days. I was like, I I, I mean, I haven't, I haven't done a hard drug in 20 years, but like, I, I felt like I was like, like strung out i was like i was shaky and i was like you know yeah i I can only imagine i so i have a list in my phone of everything i would do differently with the show and i've been adding to it do you have like do you do the same thing or do you have like already with like let's say craving since it's like your you know newest project um do you have like a notes of like everything you would do differently to do all that again? Or, I mean, not, not really, not anymore. I mean, I, I like, there are things that I would definitely do differently. And the the thing is, it's like, no matter how long you do it, you know, like, like making movies is such a like complex thing, you know, with yeah. so many different like levels you know, and so many different ways to approach it, you know, like, uh, you know, I've been doing it for 20 years and I, I made some, you know, I, well, I'll talk about, I made some rookie mistakes on craving that I absolutely knew were rookie mistakes and I still did them, mm. you know, whether it be, you know, out of anxiety or, you know, like I said, I, I suffer from anxiety. So I will sometimes make some fear-based decisions, but like craving, for example, I'll just talk about some of the macro stuff. Um, you know, so I knew we were going to be making this movie for around 50, 60,000 was the goal. Right. right. So, you know, what's one of the first things I tell you when you're making a super low budget movie, uh, you know, few locations, small cast, don't get crazy with the effects and all of that stuff. So what did I do? I I'm getting ready to make my first like narrative feature in four years. Cause I'd taken all that time off between death day to do YouTube and documentaries. And, uh, so what do I do with craving? I, it's an old script and I put, I'm going to, I'm going to make this script and it has like, eight principal characters and like another four or five that are like, you know, pretty key. It does take place mostly in a single location in a bar, but it's, you know, it's a single wide open bar set with 12 people in it for, you know, the entire shoot that you have to cover. Mm. And it's a monster movie. So like, uh, yeah, it it was it was probably not the smartest project to take on <laughs> like that. Um, you know, it all worked out in the end, but it was like it was that was tough. And I knew better. Like I knew better as a producer and you know someone who's had experience and direct all. I I knew that that was going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but I but this but you know like filmmakers a lot of the times you know and I talk about it on my channel a lot you know like you know we 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 have to we have to do what's right and what's smart and what's pragmatic and you know but the thing is when you get passionate about something and you want to make a thing you're like I'm gonna make this thing and I don't care like craving should have cost five hundred thousand dollars <laughs> like the the they should have yeah. you know like that would have been a comfortable or and even not super comfortable but that would have been like a a reasonable budget for a project of that scope of that size. And, you know, I, I've, I've attempted to do it for 50, you know, <laughs> and, and, and I didn't end up needing more, you know, like, yeah. you know, we, have, you know, luckily the crowdfunder did get to, you know, 70 and I was able to uh, pull in the rest of the money, but you know, it, it could have went the other way too. 
Yeah. You know, yeah, and that. I would be and I and I would be sitting here now either, you know, putting the finishing touches on something like very bad or like like God, how am I gonna pay these people back on the <laughs> yeah. crowdfunder? You know? <laughs> yeah. It, it, it was a huge risk, you know. And you know, and it's yet to be seen how well it's gonna pay off. I mean, it did get finished, it will come out, and I think it's really good, but at the end of the day, you you don't know how it's gonna perform in the market. You know, I have some early projections where I think, well, I think it's gonna make this much. You know, we'll say, we'll say it could, you know, it could make, you know, a hundred grand in its first quarter. It could also make a hundred bucks, you know, yeah. <laughs> and we, and we just don't know, man. That's, that's what makes the film business like right now. So really difficult, you know, and, and it's hard for filmmakers to wrap their heads around it, especially new ones who don't understand what movies make or how they make them. Cause all they hear is, you know, the box office crap with, you know, Cameron and, you know, yeah, like they, yeah. they, they made $400 billion, you know, or, or even, or known, you know, there was that big nineties independent explosion, you know, with like Tarantino and Kevin Smith, Kevin yeah. Smith made clerks for $25,000 and it did this, you know, like Kevin Smith won the fucking lottery. Yeah, you know? yeah. I'm not I'm not saying he's not good, but he he was lucky. And for every, you know, Kevin Smith out there, there's probably five or ten people that are just as talented that you'll never ever ever hear of. You know, what I mean? he I got mean, luck. He got he got he got lucky. Tarantino for how damn talented he is, he got lucky, you know? Yeah. Like But that's also the thing too, is like if you're like trying to find interviews or documentaries about it or watching like things about yeah, yeah. filmmaking they're going to talk to kevin smith about exactly. success because they don't want to talk to a guy that didn't have success <laughs> exactly exactly like you know like uh, you know time magazine does not like entertainment weekly is not beating down my door to you know hear about <laughs> my twenty thousand dollar movies <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. but what, uh, but but the but the raw truth is there's a lot more filmmakers like me than there are them, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, comedy is the same way. It's like people don't even realize how many comedians are out there in general. And some of them do make a decent living touring and things like that mm -hmm. you've never heard of. But of course, we've heard of like, you know, Kevin Hart and like, you know, Dane Cook or something like that, where it's like, yeah, I mean, those guys are like, you know, there's only 10 of those people, you know? <laughs> totally. Uh, yeah. What uh what advice do you have for someone that's like leaning into like going into documentaries that's like going to start because I mean you are I've I've never known anyone that like knocks out documentaries as quick as as you can. <laughs> yeah. Uh you know I I always hesitate to give people documentary advice cuz the real truth of the matter is I, like it it's it's like I I'm going to sound uh uh, disingenuous saying this, but it, the documentary was never a passion of mine, mm. you know, early, or at least it didn't start out as one, you right. know, like, I, like I was a narrative filmmaker for, you know, all the way up till, you know, 2019, you know, not, I think I, I'd done like two documentaries, but they were like for higher gigs and I, you know, whatever. Um, it, it wasn't until, like like I said, 2019, the Amazon thing had kind of fallen off, and a couple of producers were telling me uh, that we're in documentaries. That look, there there's a space right now for you know low budget documentaries. If you're you know keep it niche, keep it you know directed to specific markets, like you could probably do them. And I, I honestly had very little interest, but you know, man, things got we're getting kind of rough. 
And I was like, you know, let, let me try it. So, you know, I, I did this dog rescue documentary and it did okay. But um, it was through doing that, that I kind of like, like had a found a love for documentaries but it's not a, for me it's not about the final product at all Interesting. like I, like i as far as documentaries go i really enjoy learning about new things i really like talking to people about stuff that i know nothing about you know like i don't do a ton of research when i take on a topic i like mm -hmm. i get a topic and i try to find experts in that topic or you know whatever and interview them and find out about it through that and that that is awesome but like, you know, as far as, you know, like, like as an artist, you know, when I finish a documentary, I'm like, I, I'll never, ever look at it again. You know, yeah. I, like ever. I haven't watched one of my documentaries after it was out. Not one. You know, like yeah. I don't, you know, and I, I you know, and I don't, you know, I think there's a, there's a, there's a part of every filmmaker that with their work where, you know, you are looking for some kind of outside validation you know, like you do want people to see it. You do want people to like it. You know, you want people to say, Hey, that was good. And it makes you feel good about you with the documentaries. I don't really care. Yeah. Like, like, I, I mean, I don't, you know, I, I, it, it means a lot to me. Like we did this one on uh, cannabis and cancer, how people use uh, cannabis to treat, uh, to deal with cancer. And, you know, I had a couple of people make some very nice comments on that about how, you know, it helped them and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that's great. I love you. Like, that's cool. You know, that that means a lot to me. But like if somebody said, hey, like I really enjoyed that documentary, like not not that it helped them or whatever, just the, like, hey, a cool movie. I'm like, yeah, great. Thanks. You know, yeah, I, I know that's I know it sounds like flippant, but yeah, that, I, that, I think that's it, like it, it sounds like the process of making it and learning and yeah, and yeah. Diving. it sounds like you're you're just a, a curious person because I, I mean, that's why I love watching documentaries is like, it's often a topic I don't know about. It's great to learn about that topic. And so it's like the process of making it, but then the end it's like, yeah, here's yeah, the yeah. product. And it's like, yeah, you get paid for that at the end, totally. you know, and that's and nice. It, <laughs> and, I, and I, and I guess that that's one of the reasons why I am able to make them so fast. And, you know, like besides the fact that I have, you know, tons of experience and I can edit faster now and all of this, but you know, like, uh, you know, like, I can I can put together a documentary pretty fast and I have a lower threshold for you know being nitpicky or like yeah. you know like this isn't quite good enough like I, I need to work that extra week on it I'm real good at finishing a documentary and being like yep good enough next one you yeah know? I think that's, and, that's and, I think that's how and, you have to be <laughs> You to an extent, and I understand how that like turns a lot of filmmakers off, you know, because they can be like, you know, that's just yeah, it's just about the money or whatever. It's you know, it's just you're just you know, throwing out you know, whatever bad material. And I I don't think it's bad material, right. but but I don't have the same level of care, right? In well, a documentary you, you that I put out that I do the, in craving. Yeah, you, know? you don't want to be the guy that doesn't finish the project because you're too in love with it, you know? Like, oh, totally, uh, totally. You know, so I think that's like I think it's a great mindset to be. I think a lot of creative people get stuck into like loving it too much, and then that's the whole concept of like killing your darlings, where it's like you got to know when to cut, you got to know when to move on, you got to know when to. And I, it's probably good that you come in with that mindset so you can you know, move well, yeah, on to other well, projects and do other things instead of just yeah, what the, every four years, you know? Yeah. What the, what the documentaries have allowed me to do, like basically in the last, you know, four years, documentaries have become my day job, you know, but mm -hmm. like my day job is, 
you know, creating something from scratch for me that I own, you know, and I do love that. And I like learning about the new things, you know, and I do like, like, you know, like one of the approaches me and a couple of my documentary partners take, you know, we, we look for, you know, like, you know, positive spend stuff. Like I, we're not doing, you know, you know, super uh, like woo woo, um, you know, exploitive things, right. You know, like, you know, like we've done a couple of UFO and Bigfoot documentaries, but you know, ours aren't like, you know, like what was that? Oh my God, there he is. <laughs> you know, no, we're, we're talking to people that are into Bigfoot cryptozoologists and ufologists. And like, why are you into like, that's what fascinates me. I don't believe in Bigfoot. I don't believe in UFOs, but like, I'm fascinated by people that do mm. and why they do. And I like learning about that. And then, you know, on the, and then on the flip side, UFO and Bigfoot documentaries have been some of our biggest earners. So like, I'll keep doing them. I got a new one coming out next month. You know, like I, 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 I keep doing those. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that's, that's a good approach to have. And uh, yeah, it, it just makes sense to, to be that. Yeah. Um, and, and it, and it allows me to take the time to play precious artist on craving, you know, like, I, mm-hmm. like craving from fundraising to completion has been, you know, it's been a whole year, which, you know, in a, in a micro budget realm, that's a long time to work on a feature, you know, like if you're making something for, you know, 20 to $50,000, that isn't much money to sustain anyone over the course of a year. Right. You know, and, and how much of that could you actually take? Like I, I didn't take a dime from yeah, the money that yeah. we raised in craving, you know, and I've spent, I mean, granted, I, you know, I've, I've done a few documentaries in between, but I did very few in 2021. I think we completed 14 and then in 22, I think we completed four, you know? Yeah. So you know, but but it was yeah, through having that huge library allowed me to basically take a year and concentrate just on craving and be, you know, like I said, be pre- be a precious artist about it, you know, and spend six months in post, you know, and spend, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, the I, I think our shoot was only like 15 days, but it was like, you know, five here, five there, two here, pick up there, you know, the shit, there was just uh you know, almost six months after the shoot, there was a couple of pickup shots that just went on in LA oh, a couple wow. of weeks ago, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's great and, that you're able to do that because a lot of people can't, they can't take that time to focus and take the, you know, so it's totally, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no way that I would have been able to make craving the way I did you know, five or six years ago, yeah. you know, I wouldn't have had the runway to do it, not financially. And I, I would have had to have, you know, like I, let's, let's say for the sake of argument, I could have raised the same money and I raised that money, but I would have had to do the whole thing so much faster. Like yeah. I, I, all, all of the shooting would have had to have been done in those 15 days. And like, it would have had to have been pretty much, you know, maybe a day off here or there, but just 15 days shoot. And then I probably would have had to edit it in like two or three weeks. And then, you know, like a, you know, a week or so for uh sound mix and color and that that's the, and that's it. And that, and that's a, that's a lot of time to try that to take off when, yeah. when you're living paycheck to paycheck, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, but that, that would be the only functional way, you know? It, yeah. It's, yeah, it's exactly. Thing. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for doing the podcast, man. I appreciate it. Um, yeah. Where can people find you online? Um, pretty much, uh, I'm at DJ Horton pretty much everywhere, uh, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, uh, TikTok, all of that. Um, but, uh, I, I mostly spend my days on Facebook and YouTube. 
Okay. Yeah. And I, uh, I'll definitely put all the links in the description of this podcast so you guys can find him. Uh, definitely check out his YouTube channel. Uh, I, you know, I'm always watching the great interviews and people that he finds and then the wonderful advice that he's always posting. Uh, thank you all for listening. I've been your host, Zach Lyman. This has been the Zach Lyman podcast and outro music. <laughs>